at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them. So grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room. For more movie friends. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Welcome. 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 To the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop writer Jason. Hello. Good to be Jason's, back. Uh, joining me again. Um, and uh, Joe, not here, of course, at the top of the show. Joe was expected to be here, um, but uh, got sick from COVID. So I'm going to give him the time off to rest and relax and get better. And um, hopefully I can get better, too. But I think we'll be okay. Um, especially once we get moving, you know, it's just like kind of that slog right now, but I've got some coffee oh, yeah. and I've got, uh, um, Gatorade and, you know, now we're going to talk about some movies. Um, I should have so, got some fun drinks. I just want water. That was a poor choice. I, uh, I normally will have, uh, like a gin and tonic, but, um, like while recording, but I don't think that alcohol helps your immune system. So it's been, <laughs> Usually it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to stick with warm liquids and like I've got a Gatorade when I'm out of coffee. Um, but there you go. Uh, so yeah, I'm just I'm trying, and um, I think I think all will be all is good. I'm at the tail end of it. Uh, yeah. But we are we're sip pop writers. We do sip pop dot um, com movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie related columns. Um, so make sure to check out the website sifpop.com to keep up with that. To find Jason's articles, you can search uh, Jason Mack and figure that out. Uh, sorry, not figure that out. See um, a list of things that he's done. I think you've done uh, another person's treasure before. Maybe uh, I'm not sure if I have. I've done a lot of book stuff. So I did the 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 Meg one, the Meg ones, and the Jurassic mm-hmm. Park ones. Mm-hmm. Did some stuff uh, like that. Yeah. So uh, so check out that stuff. I really like them. Um, I, I, I like the Meg one a lot. The book comparison, the author interview. Um, both. Of I those put so much effort into a movie I really didn't like, but but it I was a good time. I thought about um, we just did the sifties uh, last month, and I thought about on the podcast we do like the the, the like Sif Pop Weekly podcast we do the like oh, underrated movies, um, mm-hmm. which is just like movies that don't deserve the hate they get. And I really thought about putting the Meg Two in there. I just had movies I felt more passionate okay. about because like I'm not trying to defend the Meg Two, but like like what did you expect? You know, like um, <laughs> that's true. Like, and you know, I was pleasantly entertained. I think the first hour of that movie is a drag and really kind of sucks. Uh, and the CG is just terrible in a lot of it. But the last yeah. hour is kind of enough fun that I was like, you know what? I'd watch it again on HBO Max or something, you know? Uh, I enjoy but, that uh, it didn't care much for logic and just embrace that. That that aspect I did enjoy. Yeah, they right. They just said, yeah. Statham can hold his, as long as he's pushing air out, he can go in the... 10,000 feet depths and swim just fine. And yeah, there was some, some, some absurdity. That was a good time. But like, we've been talking about it in the sip community, joking about it as if it like, like, like it's this year's moonfall, you know? Um, but the problem is moonfall is a terrible movie. And the Meg two is it's, it's bad, but like, it's kind of watchable. Moonfall is not watchable. Um, Thankfully I haven't seen moonfall. I was warned off of it earlier. Yeah, you're, so. you're, you're good to just not. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's one of those where it's like yeah um the like we were talking about it like you know um every year we we kind of find one movie to kind of champion for being the like oh clearly this is not going to win the award but let's all just pretend it is that's the best movie the yeah year. it's like kind of an inside joke on the sip pop crew which is a lot of fun so we did that with moonfall because like obviously movie sucks you know <laughs> um 
And then, like, it kind of became The Meg 2, but I'm like, guys, there's, like, a lot worse movies than The Meg 2 this year, you know? Like, uh, oh, yeah. Like, like, I didn't like Cocaine Bear at all, and we actually, I think, wound up giving that one, like, most disappointing movie of the year. Mm. Um, but it's like, guys, let's, like, just not forget, like, The Exorcist Believer or Fast X oh, or yeah. Silent Night or Expendables 4. Like, maybe, like, Expendables 4 should have been this year's uh, Moonfall, you know? Um, yeah. Well, and it, yeah, I will say the Meg Two is more watchable than Expendables Four. That was so rough. Yeah, that was yeah, a yeah, very hard time. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm not trying to defend the Meg Two. I'm just trying to say I think, uh, I think we've given it maybe a little bit too much hate. Um, uh, because, That's fair. Because what did you expect? You know. Um, oh yeah. Which I guess, like my brief thoughts on Argyle are sure. What did you expect? Have a good time, especially with the second half of that movie. I was thinking about doing it for my spinoff, but I'm not going to. But I saw Argyle in theaters this year and not trying to say it's good, but I'm saying the second half is really fun. Uh, Okay, so So I think that's one that I may be able to enjoy because it's another one I haven't seen yet. And I've heard so much hate that I think now my expectations are so low that I could go in and just have fun. And at that point, anything above a zero is like, oh, okay. That was cool. Exactly that. Yes, it's getting a lot of like yeah. one and a half stars by Sif Pop writers. And like, look, I get it, right? Right. But I mean, I guess I had a little bit of expectations because Matthew Vaughn. But I think like once I saw all those reviews, I walked in, I was like, all right, cool. It's mildly enjoyable. It's like you take all the brains out of Kingsman, sure, you know. Yeah. But it's still, and then there's like two really, really fun action sequences at the end, and I was like, all right, these are at least worth a star apiece. So. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's uh, some more thoughts. Um, there's yeah. There's there's one involving um, ice skating that's really fun, and yeah. there's one um, involving I don't even remember, but I remember there was another one that I thought was really, uh, oh um uh, a dance. There's a there's a there's a colorful dance that I think is really fun. So um, okay. Yeah. Those those two are each at least, each at least worth a star. So um, I like it. Um, so I guess, I don't know. I like her. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, we'll, on the podcast, we'll talk about a couple of movies that are coming out this week. We will also talk about the, um, girl with the dragon tattoo. We're talking about the Swedish trilogy. Um, the, um, new movie piece, uh, Michael Nyquist starring trilogy. Uh, we'll talk about, I guess it's, it's, it's weird. Cause like it's a trilogy, but like they were made for TV. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think so. Like they're yeah. movies, but they're kind of also not. But like you know, they do TV differently in Europe. In Which I think they movies. also since have re-released them as like hour and a half TV episodes, where it's almost like mini seasons for each movie. They're each like oh, an hour and a half, and have there's like some extended scenes added in and stuff. But yeah, well, I, I know that I there's like the extended originals. editions. I don't, I don't know that I saw the extendeds, but. The, you certainly could have told me they were the extendeds because I, I think I, I watched like two hours and ten minutes and then two hours and thirty minutes and then two hours and right. nine minutes. I don't That's know about what the ones I watched were, but but I found a different version that was through some app that I think they referred to it as Millennium, but it was I think each movie was two hour and a half long episodes, so there they did say there was a little bit of extra stuff added in, but okay, yeah, yeah I, I figured think... I would go pure, stick with the original versions. I've also seen this referred to as the Millennium Trilogy, but my box <laughs> set says Dragon Tattoo Trilogy. So whatever you want to call it, um, yeah, it's all good. But it starts with the girl with the dragon tattoo, and then is the girl who played with fire, and then the girl who kicks the hornet's nest, which is really frustrating. Like in retrospect, because like there is no 
like way to tell. Like I finished the first one and it's, they all came out in the same year too in 2009. So I was like, which one's next? Yeah. How do I know? And then I looked <laughs> up the third one. It's like, great. Now I spoiled the end of the second one. And it's, uh, yeah, you would think Hornet's Nest would be a second one. Cause that's saying like, she's riling things up. She's yeah. shaking things. She shouldn't be shaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not super clear. And like, I, I kind of am okay with that, but it's, but it's almost even like if somebody were to start watching the MCU now, like, you know, how are they, how how on earth do they know in what order to watch them? You know, and uh, without like oh, at least yeah, Star Wars, right? Like you could make the argument for chronological, and you can look them up by chronological order. But then you could also like be like, yeah, prequels first. Like go in. Um, sorry, I meant chronological release order. But now I'm like, you could go chronological. Right, right. I, I think I, I showed my wife them in chronological order. Uh, okay. like in terms of like prequels, then Solo, Rogue One, then right. Um, the original trilogy than the sequels. Uh, but like, and there's some intrigue to that, to maybe not knowing what Anakin becomes if you're that in the dark, maybe. I mean, I think everybody knows, but I think, yeah. I, I also think like maybe like let, you know, knowing that the prequels are percentage wise, I'd say more misses, like more, more of a miss than the original trilogy. Like maybe lower your expectations yeah. a little bit. Um, so yeah, there's certainly, um, anyway, we're getting out, like, it's, it's just one of those where it's just, it was a little frustrating. Um, but that's the three movies we'll be talking about. Uh, and then we'll explore, uh, sorry, no B plot this week. I have an idea for a B plot, um, that I will throw out to you guys, kind of like a fan submitted one. I'd really like to hear some thoughts. Um, it's going to be pretty specific to if you've seen this movie though, but I'll get there at the end of this. Um, but we are not going to discuss it as a means of hopefully saving my voice a little bit. And then we'll do the spinoff. Quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But first, let's play a game. Jason, we're going to yes. play a game. It's Price is Right rules. You have to give me two movies that you think um, have a Rotten Tomatoes critic score that are going to be as close to 100 without going over. That's where the Price is Right comes in. Uh, but we're going to have to narrow this down just a little bit. So why don't you give me like a genre or an actor or a um, decade or... Um, just something to kind of narrow the field down um, a little bit more specific than any movie ever, but not ultra specific um, <laughs> that we will uh, each pick two movies from and whoever gets closer to a hundred without going over will be deemed the winner for this week. Oh, Prizes I... include um, getting to be on this podcast and uh, bragging rights. Ooh, uh, I like the bragging rights one. I'm, I'm, I enjoy the podcast one too, I guess. Yeah, all right. I'm in. <laughs> More than nice. anything, just the pride, though. I grew up on Price is Right, so when I hear Price is Right rules, I'm like, okay, got to yeah. buckle down, take it serious. Uh, oof. Uh, just to make it interesting, I'm going to throw out a rando and say romantic comedies. Why not? Rom-coms. Okay. All right. Uh, Rom-coms. Great. Um, I'm screwed. Um, okay. Two <laughs> movies Two movies that you think the Rotten Tomatoes critic score falls under the romantic comedy category. Rotten Tomatoes critic score is going to be uh a hundred or uh as close to a hundred as you can without going over i feel like whenever if I took you... a longer time i could come up with some good answers but i'm gonna just go off the cuff uh-huh and i think this one counts the big sick yeah yeah i think, I think that goes, goes rom-com yes absolutely that's then... one, that's one of my favorite rom-coms i love that oh, it's one. fantastic yeah and then i'll throw in a classic and say pretty woman you're gonna be way over ah I... oh wait Oh, wait, is the point of the game we're supposed to total 100? The total, the yes. Total, yes. Oh, crap. Okay. I'll, I'll let you, I'll give you a rebuttal. I'll give you a rebuttal. Um, yes, total two movies, 100. So that's why you like, it's not 100 average, you know? That's why I'm like, I'm pretty okay. sure Big Sick is like 93. 
Um, yeah, I may have screwed myself with that one. No, no, uh, it's all right. I'm a, I, I crossed them out. You just start over. I'm, but I am curious. Okay. Big sick. Yeah. Uh, I was like, big sick. Like, you're gonna, you got to pull 98. Yeah. I was like, you got to pull yeah. out like a zero. I don't know what would be a zero, <laughs> but I, I don't know if there is a zero. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to strongly recommend the big sick, but not for this game. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's Me too. Okay. I don't know um, what it got rated, but I'm going to guess it's what's that new one that came out. Uh, Anyone but you? Is that what it's yeah. called? Okay, yep. I'm I'm gonna guess that finished somewhere in the range, right around fresh to not fresh of like a fifty to sixty. So I'm gonna throw that as one, and then I need you, to pick you something. You got a couple that... options. You can go. You can go like two middles. You could go one really high, one really low. You can yeah. shoot for like a seventy thirty. That's kind of what I try to do, like an eighty twenty or so. Um, well, but you know, I picked, so, a, so I picked you, a rough you, category for remembering. You picked anyone ones. but you. You've officially claimed that one. I can't pick that one. Um, okay. Now you get to pick your second. Okay, I want uh, to take your time because I got to think of mine too. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of something that's not that highly rated. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a little ones too, where it's like that I enjoy, but I feel like critics might not have done much for. But maybe they're just charming enough that they'll bump it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I fear this one might put me over, but just because I feel like critics wouldn't have got on it as much, they probably would have enjoyed trying to hate on Hugh Grant around the time it came out. I'm gonna say music and lyrics. I've never heard of that, so could be all right it's one i actually love so i strong recommend it and i feel like it might screw me and put me over but i'm just gonna say it anyway and if nothing else i get to promote it here and say hey check it out it's a hugh grant drew barrymore movie brad garrett's in it a lot of fun a lot of good okay. original music i know my first pick i'm just trying to figure out my second one my first pick is gonna be um actually do i want to go with that one um yeah i'm gonna go with that one because you're talking about movies that you really like and giving them a special shout out i was actually gonna pick warm bodies because i was like i'm pretty sure that's like somewhere around like a 70 like high 70 probably so i was like i just need to pick yeah. like a crap one um but since you're talking about like underseen movies that you actually really like um tell me if you've heard of this movie called mr right oh the name sounds familiar upon description i might remember it but off the top of my head no uh, it's about a, a a girl who falls in love with a hitman, and it's uh, definitely mm. more of the comedy side, but um, it's actually really fun, and it stars uh, Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. Um, oh, okay. But it's actually really fun. Um, so I, I I I watched that one. I was like, it's 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 like really like I think it's that perfect. You know, Robert and Sam talk about how like they love that like three star rom com. I'm like, it's like it's like that perfect like three and a half star rom com. You know. Yeah. It's, like, it's not great. There's clear like it, the chemistry works really well because they're both quirky people. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like that movie. I'm going to say it's probably got like a 70 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so I feel also better about that than Warm Bodies because now we just need to shoot for like a 30 or lower as opposed right. to like a potentially like 10 or lower, you know. Uh, well, so that's I'm jumping up Mr. high on my right. I'm intrigued about Mr. Right. That sounds yeah, good. It was, it was on Netflix. Um, oh, it's also tied into your... Uh, no. It's also tying um, into your Argyle talk from before, a little Sam Rockwell yeah, yeah, as a spy yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody loves Sam Rockwell. And this this is like 2014. Oh, yeah. Somehow it just was like under the radar. And my wife was like, you want to watch this with me? I'm like, I like those two people. Sure. Why not? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So let's do, I need to find, like, all I can think of right now is like kiss, picking like kissing booth three or something like that. Something that I know is, <laughs> but like, I don't know, maybe that's got like a surprise Rotten Tomato score, you know, because who on earth is watching that? And if they are, you know, they're right. probably a reason. So they're probably logging in on Rotten Tomatoes. Like there's no way like Dicer's watching that. Like not a chance that like Roger Ebert is watching that. Right. Like, no, or at least like 
maybe he's watching it, but he's not writing anything about it. You know, maybe it's just like, eh, my wa- I have to watch all these with my wife and whatever, but I'm not going to make money. Anyway, it's just, um, Leonard Malton's not watching it, right? Like, <laughs> um, you want to hope not. Oh, shoot. I said Roger Deaver. I meant Richard Roper. Wow. Um, well, yeah, Roger's definitely not watching it. That's yeah. For sure. Um, brain laps. Um, yeah. Um, let's do rom-com. Um, would you, oh boy. Would you count, um, I'm going to throw like a random movie that everybody's forgotten about that probably for good reason. There's a 2007 ish Danny McBride, Natalie Portman, James Franco movie called your highness. I know it doesn't quite fit. It's more (laughs) comedy. It seems like it's playing off of princess bride. So I feel like you could argue that it would count. I mean, yeah, for the oh, sake yeah. of this game, I'll definitely right. count it. Yeah. All right. So, and yeah, no, right. I, I think I saw that as like a preview that we got invited to a screening, and oh god, it was bad. Yeah, I. Uh, it was free, so that that was back in the days where I may have uh, uh, watched movies without paying for them um, before they were available to pay for them or watch <laughs> them on a streaming service. Um, back when I was, yeah. you know, uh, before I was a reformed man, and uh, right. Uh, I hated it. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's start. So much potential in premise and cast, but yeah, so wasted. I'm really curious. This music and lyrics mo- uh, movie. Wh- what's your guess? What's your guess on the Rotten Tomatoes movie uh, meter? I feel like it's the kind of thing that they're gonna have just rotten, like a 55. You're pretty close. It's sitting at a pretty at a 63. Okay, and I'm so gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna I'm, I want to look up your highness first. Um, yeah. I'm gonna guess it's got to be like a 15, right? Oh, that that if it's lucky, yeah. All right, 27. I would think like nine. 27. 27. Yeah. Uh, I feel like another good that, that's one. That's fair. That's fair. Would have been not another teen movie. That's got to be pretty low, right? I, I think that one might be high, right? I don't. Like, yeah. I kind of like it. Uh, well, okay. you know, I'm going more critic. Yeah. Well, but it's also like one of the more original satires, right? Like, I mean, it's clearly not that's like true. Airplane, but it was before like date movie and epic movie and haunted house. Yeah. All right. Anyone but you. Uh, you got a guess on this one? Uh, well, I feel like I'm going to be screwed. So I'm going to say 52 to put me over. Jason, you're remarkably close. It's 53 percent. It is going to put you over, but just slightly. So well, at least on that you- guess, I won by prices right rules. So that's something. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're what, uh, 113% if you add them both up. Could have done a lot worse, so I'm done not ashamed worse. of that. Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Wright, 2015, Anna Kendrick, Sam Rockwell, Tim Roth. Um, I, I haven't seen this movie in a while. I really, I've been, yeah, 2015. Um, um, who's, I, what if this had like a sneaky director in there, you know, like, um, like, like, you know, I, uh, Paco so James Gunn out of nowhere or something, right? Max Landis wrote it. That's not nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, writer for he do oh uh Chronicle. That's the one. Oh, uh, nice. Masters of Horror stuff like that. Um, yeah, kind of like this. Uh, forty five percent. So oh, wow. Uh, fifty seven audience score. But you know what? Just. <laughs> I think this one's They're all wrong. 45, 25, uh, 45, 65, 72 for me. Okay. Low, not quite great, but you know what? It gets No, but after hearing mine, you could have guessed I was over. So you went conservative. It was good. I did. Uh, Do you want to go one more round? Uh, Yeah, sure. 
Uh, by the way, Mr. Wright, uh, oh, not streaming on Netflix. Uh, anyway, check it out if it's streaming somewhere. Yeah, maybe uh, it's on Crackle really or Freebie or something. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, let's see. Just watch, Mister. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure the people are gonna watch this and be like, Aaron spent way too much talking about that on the podcast. <laughs> and fine. Um, I want to watch it now. You sold me. It's yeah. It's if really no one else fun. You sold me. It's, yeah. Look, it's it's like an hour and a half. It's it's just kind of you know you know what you're getting into, and you know, great. Like it's music and lyrics. By the way, Hugh Grant as a washed up '80s pop star trying to make it in the modern day. So. Good stuff in that. I'll tell you what. I'll check it out when you check out Mr. Right. How about that? So um, Yeah, no no crackle. No, no, no. Okay. Um, let's do... Uh, let's go... Let's go away from a genre for this. I'll pick the category this time. Let's go... Um, can you give me... Let's go between... Oh, boy. I want to say... You know what? Maybe let's do movies that take place in a particular like region. I feel like that could be fun. Okay. Uh, let's do mm, eh, vacation movies. How about that? Okay. Like, like some people are traveling somewhere for some reason. You know, that could be single vacation, family vacations. I don't mean like National Lampoon's vacation movies. I mean, it could be right. Uh, right. Although not Christmas vacation because it's not really a vacation. It's just vacation. I feel like we could probably okay. come up with them. Yeah, I think I got. I can get a couple off the top of my head. I think. Okay. Let's, I'm gonna try and go high low again. I'm gonna throw out okay, okay. the Hangover, sure, which I yeah, think will be count. pretty high. And then I don't know the plot enough to know if this counts, but I'm just gonna guess Home Alone three involves some sort of the family going on vacation while Kevin or new Kevin, whatever the kid is called in Home Alone three. No, that's not gonna count because I love Home Alone three. No. Um, no, Home Alone three. The parents are not like vacationing. Um, he's just at home sick. Ah, okay. He's supposed to be watched by the neighbor, but he... That's not going to count. Home Alone 1 or 2. Probably counts. I'll take your word for it. Um, I don't entirely know because it's been a while since I've seen that one, but the 3's not going to count. Okay, Um, no. Well, now I'm 3 might actually be good, so yeah. I know it doesn't have a high Rotten Tomato score, but but 3's really worth your time. That's all I'll say. Um, Especially if you can, like, put on your, like... 2003 goggles and be like yeah sure like let's overlook some of that like bad filmmaking and whatnot um right right but yeah it's a fun slapstick movie um and i like it Hmm. hangover and home alone 4 you know i'm gonna pick i'm gonna stick in your hangover route but i'm gonna go hangover 2 nice as my low pick and i'm gonna pick uh forgetting sarah marshall Uh ah going high low strategy yeah i like it um but there's no way hangover 2 is like oh man I'm like gonna. I'm scared it's gonna have like a forty something. I was gonna say it might be just high enough to screw you, just because I feel like forgetting Sarah Marshall might be. Yeah, it's gotta be like something seventy six. No, 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 higher, higher. It's higher. gotta be like. 80, I mean, I 80, have it higher for sure. Eighty seven or so in the eighties. I'd say high eighties. Um, you know, I I want to change my hangover. Okay, yeah, um, probably a good call. I was just thinking like that movie's terrible and deserves a ten. You know, right? Um, what can I get? For, what can I get by? Um, is there like a really bad? Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna throw this one out there. Oh no, I'm not. There's no way that would be as low as I want. You know what? Why not? I already thought of it. And um, okay, I wonder. I wonder how well this movie is gonna do on the tomato meter. Um, there's a 2006 movie starring Robin Williams called RV. Oh yeah. Somehow this one's gonna pull like a sixty percent, right? But like I'm hoping for that twenty. It's gotta be pretty far down. 
What was yeah. that terrible Tim Allen one? Old Dogs or something? Oh, That's yeah. I should have that one. That one's worse. Uh, Wild Hogs. Uh, Wild Hogs. Okay, there Old you go. Old Dogs was another very similar, but yeah. Oh, you're right. Probably any of those would have worked. Uh, whatever. I've I've made my bed and I'm going to lay in it. Uh, I mean, all right. Robin Williams comes with expectations, so they may grade it harder and make it even lower on the tomato meter. You never know. Could be. Uh, I'm going to have to ask you for a different movie, Jason, because uh, Home Alone 4 does not register on the tomato meter. Uh, let's go Wild Hogs, <laughs> since we just right. thought of it. Wild Hogs sitting pretty at a 14%. Pretty good call. Mm. I think you've got this pretty cl- pretty, pretty good in the bag. Um, like that. The Hangover is sitting at, uh, what do you think? Uh, 83. I'm going to say a little lower than that. I want to say like 73. I think it's one yeah. of those that like people loved at the time, but I think it soured a little bit. And I think maybe the critics were just ahead of us. Uh, that could be. Well, meet me right in the middle. We're at 79 for that. Oh, nice. Uh, Take it. Yeah, I think it was also one of those, like, the like I think kind of we realized maybe it was a little too raunchy and just raunchy for the sake of being raunch. And, yeah. Uh, certainly some jokes that have not aged well. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but such as comedy, you know, and that's subjective and we learn and we grow and all that's great. Um, all right. This Let's is try to. Uh, man, I, I know I thought I said it was going to be lower, but I'm going to actually guess forgetting Sarah Moss is going to be a 93. Um, <laughs> I think this movie is pretty. I know it's loved by fans, but I think critics might actually be pretty high on it. Do you have a guess? Uh, I think it's pretty high, but just because a full frontal Jason Siegel might get knocked down a little, I'm going to say like an 85. Yeah, 83. You were right. The first guess you said <sighs> uh, 76% nice. audience score. Honestly, that one surprises me more. That's shot. Yeah, I would think 90 something audience score. All right. Like I said, somehow this RV is probably going to pull like a 55. I hope not. Uh, do you have a guess? Uh, 32. 24. That's going to put me over uh, by seven points. Barely. Oof. And your hangover and um, wild hogs gets you a collective. Uh, 90, 93? Look at you go. Hey, so we totaled 200. We did it. We did it. Oh, 200 exactly. Look at yeah. this. All right. You know what? I'll take the, a lot of times I like to split it, but we've probably spent too long on this. Um, so <laughs> I'll take the one win each. If you want to get technical about it, um, you won by a closer margin. So if we have to declare a winner, I'm happy to say that you won. But uh, let's I think we'll uh, just agree. We both get to be on the podcast again eventually. And <laughs> we'll win. Yeah. We both get to finish this episode. That's our that's our reward. There you go. Um, so very nice. Uh, Jason, real quick, before we move on, I have one random question for you. Now I'm gonna ask you yes. this, and um, we're we're both uh, we're both married men, so I think we're we we can pretty confidently say this. And I don't know about you, but my wife definitely knows the answer to this question. But I have to know. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a cartoon crush? Oh, I mean, it probably had to be. Uh, Jessica Rabbit, I think everyone yeah, of my yeah, age absolutely. probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Jessica Rabbit, Lola Bunny, for sure. Like, yeah. But I'm going to throw out what maybe oh, my... Am like, I saying the right name? Uh, yeah, Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's who I meant, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, uh, like for sure. Like well, yeah, also Lola Bunny and Space Jam and all yeah, that, everyone. For sure. Also that, yeah. For sure. Um, I think, I think like retroactively, I think my first ever crush was Violet from the Incredibles. That was like my, like, ah, I was, okay. I think maybe like 10 when that movie came out. Um, that was like yeah, maybe yeah. my first ever crush. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's confession time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> e- 
Easy, easy, Jessica Rabbit, Lola Bunny for sure. Who you know? Who was it? Who wasn't there? You know? Oh yeah, um, especially as '90s kids. You know, that's a long-running joke on another podcast I listen to where they keep saying the one guy had a crush on the uh, Maid Marian from the animated Robin Hood, and then it's just become a running joke of each of them accusing <laughs> the other one of having the same crush. So <laughs> that's awesome. Nonstop. Awesome. Uh, I haven't seen that movie long enough, but you know what? Uh, it's on my watch list. So maybe next time you come on, we'll just have to watch it. <laughs> just attractive female <laughs> cartoon character movies. Yeah, yeah, that'll be All our right. new plot. Um, yeah, which nice. cartoon characters would you have sex with? No. Uh, <laughs> it's Elastigirl. Okay. Um, <laughs> <on>. For reasons. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, boy. I uh, got to not make myself laugh as much today. <laughs> We're going to start with Bleeding Love in the spirit of Valentine's Day. This episode launching on Valentine's Day. Um, and uh, I want to start with Bleeding Love, uh, this movie coming out February 16th. Uh, I, I just want to talk about this one first, I think. Uh, sometimes I like to get the lesser known mm-hmm. ones out first. Uh, starring Ewan McGregor and uh, his daughter, Clara McGregor. The father takes his estranged daughter on a road trip in an effort to get her out of trouble. Along the way, they meet all types of strangers, and their strange rela- strained relationship is put to the test. Um, this is um, uh, directed by Emma Westenberg, who I don't know, and I don't really know anybody else in this cast. Um, although, I wouldn't be surprised if a good number of people like have just cameos, because I think Ewan McGregor's got that pull. Uh, so Ewan, oh, yeah. sorry. I know it's pronounced Ewan. I just grew up saying Ewan, because <laughs> I was a um, I don't know. It's a name that I did not know how to pronounce when I was watching him be Obi Wan Kenobi. So uh, I only learned how to pronounce it about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bleeding Love, Jason. Uh, schedule, budget. Um, you know, children's bedtimes. None of that has effect on your answer to this question. It's just your free will. Um, Bleeding Love. Uh, would you check this out in a theater? Would you wait till it's? Uh, you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on the streaming service you already pay for. Are you just not interested or are you just going to wait and kind of see the first initial reactions? I think I'd be theater on this one. There's that nice. pull of Ewan and that intrigue of seeing him star in a movie with his daughter. I saw like a 10 second clip of it when they were on Kimmel together last week. And oh, cool. I don't know I much know about it other than that. I haven't seen like a full trailer. I don't know much about the plot, but just on the strength alone of Ewan more than anything. And then yeah. just the intrigue with the daughter, like that has me excited for a movie like that and wanting to see a smaller intimate kind of movie so i I would be right away going to a theater on that one yeah i mean ewan mcgregor has deserved at the very least my uh my interest so whatever whatever he's in he's earned my um my at least streaming camp um i'll go rent for this one um just because like i don't super know the filmmaker whatnot premiered south by southwest um and that's a pretty good sign i would say um and yeah i mean he's at least worth my submissions but yeah it's just one of those like i don't know that there's quite the it factor but i think that seeing him play a father-daughter relationship with his real life daughter i think could be um just really heartwarming and i i kind of want a heartwarming movie you know yeah so now am i remembering wrong or did his daughter write or co-write this potentially um it looks as if she has a story credit not a screenplay credit ah, okay. that's a uh, ruby caster but also ruby caster story credit and vera boulder has it and um ellie milan also story editor so like um, one screenplay okay. credit a couple of story credits which yeah i think that's the way it should be a couple people to kind of yeah. help, help with that but you know when it comes time to actually putting pen to paper you know 
that that's how you end up with a Transformers movie, you know, because yeah. there's four people, you too know, many cooks. too many hands in the pot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm 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 there. You know, yeah. This could be heartwarming. I don't know because I didn't see the trailer. This could be like a really depressing trailer. You know, <laughs> I say it might be heartbreaking, might be heartwarming and heartbreaking. Yeah, it could Who be. Knows? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another movie with love in the title coming out this week. Uh, this is coming out on Valentine's Day proper, so this should be out as this episode is coming out. Uh, Bob Marley, One Love, the story of how reggae icon Bob Marley overcame adversity and the journey behind his revolutionary music. This is starring Kingsley Benadir, Lashana Lynch, James Norton, um, and probably a bunch of people that you'll recognize, but I just don't in this moment. So, yeah. Bob Marley, One Love, uh, same scale. Theaters, rent, stream, skip, uh, kind of wait for initial reactions. I think I'd be somewhere torn between rent and stream on this one. Probably stream, just because we've been so inundated with biopic, musical biopic after musical biopic. And I really liked Bob Marley growing up, so I'm intrigued to see the whole story play out. And I do like that it doesn't seem like some of the other ones where it's just a jukebox movie sure. kind of thing, but... But overall, yeah, just seeing a lot of the commercials, it just looks kind of okay. So, I mean, if I heard some buzz, maybe I'd be bumped up into a rent-it kind of range. But for now, I think just streaming. I'm going to land in the kind of wait for initial reactions. Uh, I, I, I'm i with you where it's like we've kind of been inundated with so many biopics that one they really have to kind of stand out to to be of interest to me, you know? Um, yeah. What, what was like the last really great musical biopic we had? Like uh, walk hard. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I mean, I, I would say Rocket Man. Like, I really enjoyed. Rocket Man was pretty good, but like yeah. that's like five years ago at this point. Like, surely yeah. there's been one since then. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, I, I didn't like Elvis. I know Best Picture nominated Elvis. I didn't like that at all. Um, no, that was more the Colonel movie dressed as the Elvis movie. So, but yeah. still, I'd call it a biopic, musical biopic. I didn't, I just didn't. Oh, like it was movie. for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love Straight Outta Compton, but I'd say Rocket Man is pretty great. Um, and that came out later. Um, when did One Night oh, in Miami come out? I know that wouldn't really be a musical biopic. Uh, it was 2020. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a, not quite musical biopic. Um, yeah. Because it, it is part Sam Cooke, but it's more um, uh, Muhammad Ali. Jim and, Brown and all the yeah. other stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's part musical biopic. But... Anyway, the point yeah. is, they're, they're, but they still have been coming out with some. You know, there was that, uh, was it the yeah. Tupac one last year? Um, okay. I think, yeah, right? I think there have been some that have gone kind of straight to streaming too, so it's hard to keep track on some of those. The, yeah, the U.S. versus Billy Holiday, I think we can count that, um, which is a terrible uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, there was the um, Whitney Houston one that nobody liked. Um, oh, there yeah. Was, uh, yeah. There's certainly a lot coming out, but I just like, when was the last one that came out? I'll, I'll say that this one probably has more potential than a lot of the ones that we've seen, but I am not a Bob Marley, yeah. Bob Marley fan. I didn't grow up being, you know, listening to his music or anything. So I have right. no connection to the story. And, but I think this one has the potential because I think this one has a story worth telling. So, um, oh, at least yeah. based off of the trailer and whatnot, you know, this isn't one of those where you look like part of the reason why I love straight out of Compton is because, um, first of all, I think it's really well made, but, uh, and really well performed. Um, but then it also like, Oh, like, yeah, making a movie about what these people went through is absolutely worth, you know, telling the story versus like, um, you know, look, a movie that I really like, Rocket Man, doesn't need to exist. But I think it's pre presented in such a unique, original way that it's awesome. But like Bohemian Rhapsody didn't need to exist. And it's no. nothing spectacular, you know. So, um, yeah, so it's just 
I'll give this some credit for saying, sure, I can see, I can see the desire to make this movie, but uh, that doesn't mean that I want to see it. Yeah, there's a lot beyond the music in this one. It seems to obviously with Bob Marley's story, yeah. so that that gives it a lot to work with instead of just being, how did we get to this song, and then what was this part? Where did this album yeah. come out? It's, yeah, I mean, February release isn't helping it, but Kingsley Benadire starring is helping it. I it's, it's like I'm, yeah. I'm conflicted, you know. I get the idea of like if the idea is love, why not release it in February? It's like, well, because it's uh, kind of a red flag, you know. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of race kind of stuff tied into it too, so I don't know how romantic it's actually going to be. Yeah, well, I guess also title, maybe so, yeah. tied in the Black History Month. You know, that's all. You know, oh, that's true. Uh, yeah. Like maybe I don't know. Um, I'm just like it seems weird, but I'm just saying it's not necessarily February biopic screams red flag. But ho- I don't know. Hopefully it's great. Yeah, because if it was awards worthy, which you will want a biopic to be, you'd think it'd be coming out sooner. If it's well, especially not, you want it like with later. with a previously best lead actor nominated lead, you know? Yeah, because uh, he was nominated for One Night in Miami. Uh, I think he should have been if he wasn't. Um, uh, I. Th- Someone was nominated from that movie. Was it Leslie Odom Jr.? Yeah, he was nominated supporting. Both... But... Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, no, so yeah, they just... may have both been nominated. Uh, no, he wasn't, but I think it was one of those... I think I wanted him to be ah, okay. um, for One Night Miami. Either way, he's he's remarkable, and yeah, you, you would hope that maybe... Um... You know, he, he also, like, he did Barbie last year, right? He was in Barbie for a little bit, so like... Oh, yeah. You would hope that maybe um, maybe that there would be some better uh, like buzz for him. Anyway, February release, yeah. kind of a red flag. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that scares you. I, I would love for people to for this to come out and people be like, hey, this is great. Movies are awesome. Best movie of the year so far. I know it's only February, but what is everybody's favorite movie of the year so far? Like That'd be nice. Yeah. I, I'm Mean Girls, but I've seen two movies this year, and one of them was Argyle. Like, <laughs> um, okay. You know, like, I think... Um, on the writer's room, they were talking, I know there was some good love for society, the snow, but was it, um, oh boy, it wasn't beekeeper for sure. Um, no. sorry, oh, I promise. Society, the snow, I've only movie. seen about half of while my wife was watching it, but oh, it made it, you feel it in your chest. It's rough. It's bad, but it was really well done from what I saw. Yeah. I, um, uh, totally blinking right now, but, um, that's, um, Book of Clarence, I think they picked. Yeah. Book oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I will. Anyway, yeah. um, let's move on to Madam Webb then, the other one coming out. Uh, Cassandra <laughs> Webb develops uh, the power to see the future, forced to confront relations about her past. She forges a relationship with three young women bound for powerful destinies if they can survive a deadly present. Coming out on Valentine's Day, starring Dakota, Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, uh, Isabella Merced, Celeste O'Connor... Uh, Tahir Rahim, Mike Epps, Adam Scott, Emma Roberts, um, directed by S.J. Clarkson. Uh, Madam Webb, are you familiar with this character at all? Yeah, I mean, I grew up on the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. That was one of my earliest and biggest forays into the superhero worlds was Spider-Man cartoon, X-Men cartoon, and Batman animated series. So she comes up a good amount in that. The Holy Trinity. Yeah. And yeah, her character in that and in most of the comics, I presume, is very, very different from what this movie's presenting. So, yeah, I'm familiar with Madam Web from the like Spider-Man video games, um, specifically mm-hmm. like the ones that were on the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 era. Um, yeah. My wh- where do you land on the scale? Theater, rent, stream, skip or kind of wait for initial reactions? Uh, I land in an interesting spot of being not interested, but very interested in how I'm not interested. Like there's so mm. much about this that's just 
chaos and how some of the actors didn't realize it's not an actual MCU movie. And yeah, I think Dakota yeah. Johnson has been outspoken about it not being a good movie already. And I think there's yeah, just I'm, a lot of I'm, craziness. I'm joining you and not interested. I think this movie is just a puzzle that like, it's a puzzle that you found at Goodwill and it's missing a lot of pieces. And there's probably a couple from another puzzle yeah. that don't quite fit that, that you'd like somebody cut to make it fit. You know um, it's, it, it, it's odd. Like realistically, I maybe will see this one. I don't know, but like I, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that I wouldn't have seen every superhero movie coming out, like, but I haven't yeah. seen the Marvels yet. I, I didn't see black Adam Same. or Shazam two or Aquaman two. Not that I care to see any of those. Right. Um, especially the DC ones, but um, you know, like I, I just like I don't know that I care, and it's this this feels like you got Dakota Johnson who is is really great in everything I've seen her in. Um, oh and, yeah, uh, I mean, but I mean, I think I skipped some of the ones that you know she's maybe not one of like she's really good in like Peanut Butter Falcon, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and Sydney Sweeney is I think a very talented actress that I think is also stunning, but I think. Um, she's actually like a really talented actress. And so sometimes maybe her looks overshadow that, but I, don't, I guess not. Cause she's still getting really good roles. Um, the director even has some good credits to their name for sure. Oh, I don't, I didn't even know what they, what have they done? Uh, I just remember secondhand from hearing other people talk about it, but I think they had done some episodes of stuff like game of Thrones and some other big shows and um, maybe some movies that were succession. Um, Jessica Jones, okay. the defenders orange is the new black. Um, it th- looks like work on Game of Thrones, but probably not director. Um, ah, okay. Let's see here, because there's clearly like Game of Thrones in um, like in the top, pr- maybe a producer. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look anyway. But Jessica Jones, awesome, and Defenders is like hit or miss, and clearly yeah. there's a lot of succession love. Oh, she's uh, directing the Game of Thrones prequel, or the- she did the prequel pilot. That was it. That didn't get. Oh, okay. So House of Dragons. Some of that. Okay, no, 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 no. So, the yeah. other one, the one starring Naomi oh. Watts that didn't get the that didn't get greenlit. Ah, uh, okay. Um. So, so yeah, it's that kind of thing where the director has some level of promise. The actors are pretty good in it, but it's the sum just, is less than the sum of its parts, I guess. So my understanding was that this one was like initially filmed, and they wanted to have Spider-Man connections, but then there was something with Sony, and they couldn't agree, and then it was like. It definitely wasn't going to be Tom Holland, but then there was talk about it being connected to like Garfield's, and then yeah. it was def- and then it was talked for a while about it maybe being connected with Toby's because this does like take place in like the early two thousands. Um, but now apparently, like it's taking place like in somewhere where it would make no sense for any of the three established Spider Mans to like fit into it. It's just yeah, because I think there yeah, is a Ben Parker changed, in the movie, and there was there was supposed to be like um a reference to spider-man at least and then they cut that and it's just (laughs) like this movie is just one of those like it feels like they made every possible bad decision i mean except for the cast um yeah and i guess crew but like it just it like this should take place in one of the spider-man's universes or at the very least like have this lead into that you know i mean i get the madam webb right she kind of kind of eventually to what she becomes hopefully by the end of this movie like she kind of exists between realms so like that would be nice yeah it's not saying that there's not gonna be connections to the spider-man ones but like it, it just it's just baffling and you know i i don't know i don't know why they're choosing this movie to introduce madam web like it really feels like to yeah. give her her own movie like it really feels like 
you could have introduced her in No Way Home, or it sounds like uh, they want the other Spider-Mans back for the next Spider-Man movie. Introduce her there, like have her be the bridge that connects them. You know, now that you've already crossed, you're aware of each other's existence. It doesn't hurt me tampering with now. So now do like a world swapping thing. That could be really fun. Oh, um, yeah. You know, they have she to go team up and defeat the, the Sinister Six or something. Yeah. Like, you know, and then you can introduce her there and then give her. Uh, it's just this is so, so odd. And it just it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel like anybody cares about this movie, you know, because like you said, like Dakota no. Johnson's not helping Sydney Sweeney is kind of talked around the movie. You know, she's talked about like how her, her, like the influence that she's had on the movie, but you know, like how about her like entering upside down, but like that, yeah. if that's what you're talking about, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I don't I think Sony know. cares about this movie because th- we didn't get a trailer no. until like three weeks ago or something. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was coming out already. Cause I was like, didn't they just start promoting it? But yeah. yeah I, I think there's zero doubt that it's bad. I just, I'm curious to find out, is it bad on the level that it's amusing and you can have fun with how bad it is? Or is it just the next Morbius in the same universe? This, where you're no, just this like, won't, this, this won't just, be Morbius. Well, I don't think, but like, this could easily be like, like Venom one or um, like, yeah, it's not going to be Morbius, but this could easily be Falcon and the winter soldier, right? Like, it's yeah, gonna be kind of that, that level, you know, it's, but but that's not a that's not something to aspire to, you know. So no, and I think that's the ceiling at this point. Yeah, but I mean, um, you never know. We've all been wrong before. I don't think we will be this time. But I I, I hope it's great. But yeah, I don't have. Oh yeah, I don't, like I don't have much reason for me. My hope. I want I want them all to be good, even if my <laughs> expectations are low. I want to be wrong. I want movies to be good. Well, and especially with how few superhero movies we're getting this year, I hope they were all they're all home runs, you know. And oh yeah. I don't yeah, know that I have much faith in any of them. Sure. Yeah, the only MCU movie this year, and there's that, and then what if Venom Three is the best superhero movie this year? You know? Um, oh yeah, pretty we, real chance of that. Craven this year. Craven, uh, yeah, and then uh, Deadpool Three. A lot, a lot going on. The Deadpool Sony Wolverine, stuff. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dragon Tattoo and or not, not Dragon Tattoo, uh, Madam Web, and uh, I have it pulled up on my phone. Okay. Uh, and. Um, uh yeah venom 3 and then i don't know what dc's releasing but not much i don't think because Mm-mm. they're revamping and i think superman legacy's next year 2025 i think so yeah but i'm pretty sure that this was the aquaman 2 was the last before the big change i don't know yeah i don't know um anyway well, we can use um, a breather on superhero stuff anyway so that's probably for the best yeah i It'll agree. give us time to catch up on the mediocre stuff like the marvels that some of us haven't seen yet anyway so yeah, maybe this yeah. year I'll finally, you know, get caught up and um, I don't know, maybe I'll be excited about something again. But uh, yeah. I've been saying like Blade is all I super care about and does Blade and Daredevil and both of them sound like they're having troubles, but oh, whatever, yeah. work through your troubles and release something good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At least they made Daredevil from Netflix canon again to just say like, OK, that was a bad idea. We were going to yeah. wash that away. Let's just stick with the good story and try and build off it. Uh, let's move on then. Uh, you, but real quick before we do that, you got to hear some movie opinions from Jason. So Jason, where would you like to send people to check out more of your thoughts? Uh, I'll mix it up today. I mean, I'm on all the things, the X slash Twitter, uh, letterbox, all that good stuff. But I've been doing some YouTube stuff of playing through some VR games and stuff. So if you have any interest in that, check me out on YouTube. It's at JMacVR. Just doing a lot of playthroughs on stuff on the quest. So 
right now I've been playing through the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners game. They did the Quest 3 update for that. So I've been doing a playthrough on that, blowing up a lot of zombies, having fun. So uh, just a lot of stupid stuff. I like to play through games, make dumb jokes while I'm playing, just have fun with it. Nice. Yeah, check that out if you are intrigued. I will certainly look forward to that. Um, I'll try to do it myself, and then maybe it'll be a spinoff in a couple weeks. Nice. Um, and a quick reminder, patreon.com says if popped up you are in case you're interested in early episodes and other bonus stuff. So there's that. Um, real quick, Sif topic. Uh, before we get into this, uh, we're talking about the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy, the Dragon Tattoo trilogy, the Millennium trilogy, whatever. We're talking about the three Swedish films. Um, I would like to know up front. F- well, first of all, we're going to be spoiling this. So once once we get past our initial ratings, um, if you care about spoilers, I think this is a series that is um filled with spoilers and so i would really say um if you care um then stop but i i also don't know that there's anything like too groundbreaking here you know uh, nothing to the level of like you know darth vader's luke's father or whatever like that like i think you kind of know where the story goes but there's certainly moments that moments in some character twists and whatnot um but um anyway just given a spoiler warning um and um but first we'll give our ratings we're gonna rate each of these three movies um together and then we'll kind of talk about them collectively ideally in chronological order and then but we'll feel free to bounce around at that point so um uh real so real quick there's your spoiler warning i'm gonna give um i want to i want to talk about our history with this franchise and then i'll give synopsis for the movie and we'll rate each of them individually so jason your history with this with this franchise uh, yeah, say so my history was definitely, I remember back in the day when the original book blew up and was one of those trending things, like how Twilight was kind of coming before that though. And I think just like I did when Game of Thrones, the show first came out and was really popular, I sort of like shied away from the popular thing and went, okay, everyone won't shut up about it. I'm not interested. Stay away. And then I finally picked up the book a couple months later and binged through it really hard. I think the night I finished the book, I got so hooked that I did like six, seven hours of reading straight where I just couldn't put it down, had to finish it. Like just the original uh, book? The original book. Yeah. And okay. I, I read the two after that. I own the fourth book that was written by a new author, never actually read it. So someday I might get to it. But yeah, I was uh, looking at think So I think Stieg Larsson did the first three, but it looks uh, like yeah, it's one he, of those. It's, it looks like it's one of those like where it's like the born um, ones, like the first three were done by Robert Ludnam. And then now like, the story's continued by multiple different artists, authors. So there's yeah. like a bunch of different yeah, born books. Stieg actually died definitely before the movie came out. And I think maybe even before any of the books released. I think he oh, may have all been released posthumously. Uh, 2004, he passed. Uh, yeah. 50, wow. Um, yeah, I don't know when. Uh, looks like the first book was published in 2005. So yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. Um, so, he, so he wrote the whole trilogy and then they released... 2005 six seven and then nine yeah. wow that's that's remarkable because like i got to imagine they're big books they're huge yeah yeah the first one was like 900 some pages i want to say if i remember it all right uh definitely one not- for the kindle if i want to reread it at some point i don't think i want to pick up the heft of that one again yeah um heart attack but yeah oh. after uh reading those uh my history really only was watching the american remake i never had seen any of these swedish ones before this week they were always on my list that's why when we got the options of picking what we wanted to do on this podcast, I jumped on those because I love having something that forces me to watch something I've always wanted to watch, but yeah. never get around to. So, yeah. Um, and I, uh, 
completely forgot that you had mentioned that you had read the book. So honestly, I'm really thrilled to have you on then. Um, because uh, nice. my history with this is I saw the Fincher movie when it came out. I don't think I paid much attention to it, but it's one of those, as I was watching this movie, I started to remember some things about that movie. Um, yeah. But I ultimately remember being thinking that one was kind of forgettable and fine, but one that I have wanted to revisit for a while, but I'm like, I would rather, I would, I'll revisit the originals and then I'll eventually check out the Fincher one again. Um, so I checked out the originals. I haven't checked out the Fincher one again. Um, but I would be excited to, um, especially kind of now seeing the comparisons, um, uh, you know, kind of seeing this story and, um, at least the first third of this trilogy, you know, and, um, yeah. Um, just kind of performances and whatnot, just, uh, kind of compare. So, um, yeah, yeah, so that's my history. I saw the Fincher one. I don't remember any, I didn't remember anything about it, but I remembered a little bit and, I think, yeah, the, I remember the book being huge, but I never been a huge reader. So I, um, I just knew the, knew the things and, um, I knew these were pretty well received. So I figured I'll give them a shot. <laughs> Let's get into it. Then, um, the girl with the dragon tattoo, um, these are starring uh new Rappies and Michael Nyquist, by the way, I don't know that there's too many other actors or actresses that you would recognize, um, you know, as American audiences, but new me, no, uh, really. new rap rapist. Rap, I'm not sure. Pace, maybe, but I have Pace. no idea, honestly. Um, she plays uh, Elizabeth in uh, Prometheus, like the lead in uh, Prometheus, and uh, she yeah. was in A24's Lamb, um, Tom, the Jack Ryan TV show for a little bit. Um, I think Prometheus is her like most well known, especially like American. Uh, I'd say so, yeah. Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows, but okay. And uh, Michael Nyquist, you might remember from uh, either um, the original John Wick, he plays uh, the big bad, um, and he plays the big bad in um, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Um, oh, that is, yeah, wow. He has a beard. In I that didn't one. even connect uh, those dots. Yeah. No, no, he doesn't have a. He has a beard in John Wick. He has like stubble in the Ghost Protocol, and he doesn't. I don't think he says anything in Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the only, I think, two actors um, that have transferred. Anyway, uh, a journalist is aided by a young female hacker in a search for the killer of a woman who has been dead for 40 years. Pretty terrible synopsis, as always, by IMDb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's essentially like a journalist eventually teams up with a computer hacker to solve a cold case. It's obviously a lot more complex than that. Um, but that's without spoiling anything. Um, that's your synopsis. So. Did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Uh, first one, I think I'd put in the love it. I had a lot of fun with this one. Cool. Um, I'll go, like, just straight and liked it. Um, yeah. I, I think it's certainly got some things that really work and some things that maybe didn't quite work for me, but uh, we'll we'll certainly get in there. Yeah. Um, so nice. A firm loved it and I liked it. Again, we're going to go through all three of these, and then we'll officially say we can spoil whatever, and then let's get into it uh the girl who played with fire this will be the second by the way all these you can catch on crackle if you want to watch ads um i don't and they're rent available to rent or buy on prime video um so yeah and i used a free trial of some service i've never heard of to watch them without ads on prime so sweet also do that yeah that works um the girl who played with fire is the sequel uh a computer hacker elizabeth and journalist uh michael investigate a sex trafficking ring Elizabeth is accused of three murders, causing her to go on the run while Michael works to clear her name. That's better. That's a better synopsis. It's, uh, yeah, yeah it, Elizabeth is, you know, on the run and Michael's trying to help her out because she helped her out. Yeah. And she helped too. Uh, we like it, love it, hate it, just like it, I think it's just okay. I'd go like that on this one. 
Nice. Um, I think it's really interesting because I think I like this one slightly more. I'm still just, I think okay. I'm going to go straight liked it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be above my rating, but I do think I enjoyed this one more than the first one. Um, okay, nice. And I'm excited to talk about that then. Uh, and then The Girl with the Hornet's Nest, the conclusion to this trilogy. Um, uh, Lisbeth, I'm going to redact some of the synopsis to avoid spoiling since we're still, I think, okay. in the spoiler-free. Lisbeth yeah. uh, is, a, is uh, awaiting trial for a couple of murders, um, and Michael must prove her innocence. It's Essentially, this is one of those, like, very much a continuation, kind of one of those, like, you yeah. know, part part one did really well. Obviously, that's not the case, knowing the history of the books, but it's very much like one is kind of its own thing and two or three are very connected, but also still kind of their own thing. Anyway, Michael yeah. Mastrover, in a sense, but uh, Elizabeth must be wearing to share the details of her sordid experience with experiences with the court. Uh, pretty okay synopsis, yeah. Not bad. Not yeah, bad. They really do connect. I think three kind of starts off with the same helicopter shot almost as the end of two, so it's almost like you could cut them together and they would just sync up. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah, um, yeah. So the uh, girl with who kicked the horde in's nest, uh, did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I think it's another liked it, but kind of teetering down towards the lower side. I liked it on that one. Very nice. I did not like this one. Um, I think that's fair. I am yeah. really excited to get to talking about these. Um, so there we go. We've kind of avoided some spoilers for a little bit, um, but we're not going to do that anymore. Uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo trilogy, the dragon tattoo trilogy, the millennium trilogy. Let's get into it. Um, where do you want to start? Uh, first, I just want to mention I'm very eager to rewatch the American one now because I feel like there are so many shots and scenes that are just almost a remake, like bit by bit kind of thing. So I want to watch and try to find out where they actually differ now because it's been so long since I've seen it that it felt almost like I was watching it with just dubs. I think that's exactly like what I was feeling when I was watching this movie, because it was like, I didn't remember things. And then as they were happening, I was like, Oh, that's from, that's from that. Oh, I know where this yeah. is going. Um, like specifically the, um, the underground layer. Um, I was like, Oh shoot. I definitely remember this now. Uh, oh, yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This happened. And uh, and even the shot of the the like photograph from the bridge, the one that was seen from far away. Like, yeah. I think I think there was a lot of very meticulous, like David Finchery details, you know. Um, and yeah, I don't know how much of that is. They wanted to pay homage to the original or stay true to the original or how much was just kind of we have a good thing already. Let's just put a nice sheen on it with some Fincher cinematics and call it a day. I don't know. I think from and maybe what there I remember, are some differences we're not remembering. It's probably more subtle stuff, but could be. But I think I also remember reading the trivia for the original, and essentially after Fincher had finished, I think the Social Network, like a producer, had handed him this book, and then he like um, was essentially like, "Don't do that. Don't give me the book because nobody's going to read it," you know, um, <laughs> or something. But clearly, Fincher had seen the movies, um, yeah, and and respected um, at least the cinematography, or maybe they got like. Some of the same crew. I know they offered the role of Elizabeth um, to um, the same character from uh, the um, this trilogy. I know they offered it to her, but yeah. she said, no, I've, I've already played that character. It's time for somebody else to. And like, I respect that. Um, I think that's smart because that rarely works well. I hate even on stuff like the IT crowd. They tried to do the American one and brought over well, and one let's of the also, characters. Like, this is not an easy source material either. So like, let's also not. Yeah downplay that um oh yeah yeah the, yeah it's gotta but, be mentally but, draining playing that character yeah and i th and i think there is certainly like certainly like i think it would also handcuff 
what Fincher would want to do because if she'd be like, yeah, we, we did it this way. And you know, it's, 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 it's ultimately the director's vision for this one, not the actors. Right. So, um, so it's, could be one of those that could be, yeah, I I think, I think respectfully passing, um, and passing the torch and even encouraging is, I think it was good. Uh, yeah. And maybe they made that offer not expecting her to take it just sort of like a, we respect you. We want you to have the chance if you want it, but I mean, maybe, but also like they both came out having good careers out of it anyway. So, um, you know, maybe it was that, or maybe it was, um, nah, you know what? I'm also offered this role for Ridley Scott's next movie. You know, that's an alien prequel. And and I respect that, but I'd rather venture into the new and I would love to see your movie when it comes out. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like I'm really excited to rewatch the original. I, I, or sorry, not the original, the remake. I, I do wonder which one I wind up liking more. I think ultimately like my problems are going to remain the same, but I think I'll probably just appreciate them on a same level, just differently. Um, I think that'd be interesting, but I think one thing is pretty clear. I think that, um, uh, Numi Rapace is the best in this trilogy. She's, she's the reason to watch the trilogy. Um, if there, Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, no knock to Michael Nyquist as well, but I think he's not really given too much to do. Like he's kind of playing like generic stock reporter guy slash yeah. investigator um most of his time is like staring at things um but like there's a lot more to the character of elizabeth and so um it's it's all very subtle stuff but um so that's what makes it so impressive yeah she has to do a lot with not a lot where like her whole point as a character is that she's not expressive and she's very antisocial, and to be able to yes. play that character but give it so much depth is that's a challenge and she definitely rises up to it yeah I'll also say it wasn't necessarily a performance that like blew me away. Like it's not one of those where I'm like, you know, she should have won Oscars or or whatnot, you know, for, um, no, no, no. I mean, if she would have been nominated, I would have been like, you know, cool, great. Um, but it's, it's not one of the, and and I don't know, like, again, cause these were like made for TV movies or whatnot. Like, I don't know how all that works in the eyes of the Academy, but this isn't one of those where it's like, how on earth was that, per- you know, was that performance not nominated? You know, cause I also remember really liking Rooney Mar and Daniel Craig in the Fincher movie. And be really excited yeah. to kind of see, um, but either way, I think the performance is really good, but it's not one of those, like blow your socks off. It's just one of those. It's like, it's a very good performance um, in a, in, and easily elevates the movie. Um, the easily, the two best things about this, these movies are the cinematography and the uh, performance by Elizabeth. So, um, yeah, and they're gifted some pretty great scenery to work with. So yeah, absolutely. But but they do well with it too. Yeah, the cinematography is very good in both for sure. Yeah. Um. Oh boy, I know I said I like this movie. I just kind of want to get into the things I didn't like though. Um. Oh, go but, for it. Yeah. That's where the fun is. All right. All right. So here's here's my issue with this first one. Um. First of all, actually, I'll say this across the board. I think all three of these movies are paced horribly. Um. They're very jittery. Yeah. It's sort of like. Feels like speed bump sometimes almost where it's sort of like lulling along and then action ramps up and then kind of dips down again. And, and I don't know how that would compare to the books. I do remember feeling that way about the original, uh, or the, sorry, the, the, the Fincher remake, um, feeling yeah. that it felt like an eternity. Um, and I don't know if it's the, if it's just the nature of the story or I don't know if it's the editing I, either, either way. Um, this first movie the first movie is two hours and like 10 minutes. The second is two and a half. And the third one is uh, two hours and nine. And you told me that you binged all three of them. And to me, like 
you could convince me that each of these was the, the length of a Netflix series. Um, specifically the third one, I think like there was at one point I legitimately was like, Oh, we're almost to the end here. And cause I was like, I got to get to an eye doctor's appointment. Yeah. Uh, I was like, do I have time to finish it? I'm probably like two hours in or, you know, like I probably got like 20 minutes left. I wasn't, I had an hour left of the movie. Um, there was at one point where I thought it was like an hour and a half in and I was, um, like 40 minutes. That movie was a crawl to me. Anyways, it makes you watch um, the clock a little. Yeah. You start yeah. hitting the, up on the so, remote to see what's left, what you've watched. Yeah. So I will say, I think all three of them were paced very poorly at the very, I don't know if it's just, there's too much to cover or because these movies are all kind of slow burns. Like, I don't know exactly how that plays into it all, but I, it's I ultimately kind of all of it, but yeah, for making it a movie, you got to figure out a way to make it work a little better, but yeah. And it's well, been and it's a long like, time since I've read the book, but that's, what's crazy too, is they actually take a lot out. So it's like, if you're right. going to take a lot out, rework it a little, make the pacing work a little better for you. Well, especially because kind of what we're left with is a very generic story, at least for this first movie, right? It's a very, at least in terms of the mystery, right? Like, I think there's certainly some added elements and I think the movie is actually like pretty ahead of its time and, um, it's willingness to like confront um, sexual assault and talk about it. Uh, yep. But you know, this is a European made thing, you know, for European audiences and Americans happen to glimpse into that. And they've always been ahead of us in those kind of conversations. So um, at least in terms of like pop culture stuff, but um, you know, it's certainly willing to go there um, and it's really uncomfortable, you know um, I, again, even just thinking about her reprising her role, like to do the rape scene again would be, soul crushing i think you know uh, i struggle watching it like i knew it was coming from seeing the remake and reading i do the book, i did remember that and as that was like up. the one shot yeah. i remembered was her standing up and looking at the tattoo um that was yeah. like the one thing i remembered from the original um from the, or sorry, not the original the fincher film it, it's the one you originally saw it makes yes it the one i yeah. originally saw yes um the original movie yeah, no. that the 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 original movie remake yeah um yeah, no, anyway, all that like, sticks with you. even the first interaction she had with that guy i remember that's another shot for shot remake is her washing her mouth out with soap in the bathroom after which mm. that alone is its own disgusting thing like i can't even yes i hate washing my hands when you go to eat at a restaurant you want to go wash your hands before but then that smell is just on your hands so yeah. as you're eating you're getting that soap smell so i can't imagine actually putting it directly in the mouth but Right. I just like that's way off topic. Taking taking out some of that stuff in the movie, like when it gets down to just the detective work, it's like it promises something big and epic and twisty, almost like a like a Gillian Flynn novel, like a like a Gone Girl or Gone Baby Gone or something like that. And it certainly goes some places, but so much of the stuff kind of is irrelevant. Like, um, you know, they, they find all these really interesting leads like to me, um, and I don't, maybe this is just me like kind of being a little bit bored at some points and checking out because I don't think any of them were paced very well, but like there comes this really part where they're like, oh, they killed her because she was a Jew. And I was like, oh, because they were all Nazis. And it's like, oh, yeah. interesting, riveting, cool. You know, they were going to kill this person because she changed her name because she was, you know, she had a Jewish name or whatnot or anyway, I don't remember because it wasn't that it was just, oh no, she found out about them. Or about the 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 guy I don't remember his name killing you know kidnapping and killing women and then you know di- hi- hiding their body like she found out about that and was going to expose him and that's why he killed us like, oh so it's just 
generic and basic and boring. And sure, yeah. there's the really cool reveal at the end about how like she wasn't actually killed, and yeah. it, and it recontextualizes the sending of the flowers because initially you think it's the killer taunting, but it's just her way of communicating. I'm still okay. And it's like there's like <laughs> she some, failed miserably at, but yeah. There's like there's some beauty in that, and there's some really interesting twists. But again, like at the end of the day, a lot of the really inter- interesting twists are kind of just like thrown to the side and don't mean anything and that really was unfortunate for me um but also like this this trilogy isn't a first of all the 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 case is over in the first movie it's not even like referenced in the second or third um uh because it's not about it really all this movie needs to do is set up the relationship between michael and elizabeth and like maybe that's my biggest problem is it is so disconnected um what they're really trying to do is tell two different stories and they're like, well, we want to get these two people together. And then it's like, okay, so Lisbeth was working on a case that Michael was framed for. And she knows that he was framed. And so for that reason, like they're, they become buddy, buddy. And then mm-hmm. she sends an email. Like it's all so clunky how they like wind up actually getting together, which isn't until like two thirds through the movie, by the way, which I know is pretty similar in the um i might guess the book because it's the same in the fincher remake right um but to me it's it's just a very clunky like i don't know why these people are together i don't really know like it almost feels like they should have had an established history um and that could have been a very easy thing to do in in an intro you know um but uh yeah they're just kind of random and then i'm supposed to believe that they're you know this team that's going to work well together and then ultimately like the whole point of this case is just to get them together and Michael to earn this credibility to then take down this or to, to then get trusted with some of these bigger cases. And it just winds up funny like, too. Cause so they put that much effort into getting them together, taking so much time, finally you get them together. And then the rest of the series after that, it's just they're You never see them together again. Yeah, They're never together again. So it's, it's one of those. And I, I don't, I, that's why I said, I think I still will have the same problems with the Fincher remake because I know people still have that problem with it, where it's like these are two seemingly random characters that intersect and you can do that. You can absolutely do that, but they make it to mean so much, especially having now seen the second and third films. This relationship is necessary. Neither of them can succeed without the other um, in in their endeavors. And it, it's just one of those where it's like, oh, yeah, I, I just don't believe it. I don't buy into it. I mean, they have good chemistry when they're together, but it's... Um, but it is it is just frustrating from a narrative standpoint. Uh, and so that's ultimately like why I go like instead of love um, for this first one. Um, and again, just like it winds up being relatively like a lot of to me, a lot of the like interesting things are kind of thrown away to the side um, in terms of like yeah. the cold case. Um, yeah, and I, I will oh, say that wasn't very complicated at all. Like I do wish or maybe someday they could bring this back as like a series instead of a movie. Yes, absolutely. Because this need more there time. is so much in the book that that's my biggest complaint about this and the remake is that it's a lot of like good potential and what they put in, they do really well with, but it cuts out so much that what you're left with is just like you said, there's, it feels like there's no real mystery, no twists and turns. I think you can kind of guess where it's going from the start. And once it goes there, you're just like, okay, yeah, that just, kind of happened there wasn't really a lot building up to it whereas the book there's so much more actual research and clues and twists and turns and a lot of little things that it was just i think they couldn't figure out how to fit it into the movie especially without being too long so yeah i think if you could do like a hbo six episode eight episode kind of thing 
you could really make something special. Yeah, and I also feel like, again, even breaking it up would help with the pacing, right? Because, like, I think True Detective, especially that first season, is considered, like, one of the best seasons of TV of all time. And to me, each each episode felt like a movie, but they were also only, like, 50 minutes. So it's like, I think if that would have been released as a movie, like, it would have felt like an eternity, like this one did to me. Um, yeah. Although this first one felt the shortest of the three to me, so. Um, I think so, but yeah. I think it, it paces fast. I st- I still felt a lot longer than two 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 hours and nine minutes. It felt to me like maybe two forty five or so. But um, either way, like it's um, um, to me, it was. I-, I agree. Like if you could if you could split it up, that might help the pacing. I also think it's one of those where it's like you can include a lot of the other aspects. I mean, I know people are excited about this Harry Potter book. Uh, is the Harry Potter yeah. series. I-, I mean, I know people aren't excited about it for obvious reasons, but then I know people are excited about it. Because it will, um, it'll it'll do the things like um, uh, get to explain some of the side, you know, get to develop more of the side stuff that was cut from the books. And I just feel like not having read the books, uh, not intending to read the books. Although I, I definitely, I, de- I was definitely watching this and be like, I bet the books are incredible. I just don't know how well these could be adapted. Um, so I remember thinking I'd probably read the books before I'd watch the movies again. Um, oh, yeah. especially the second or especially the second or third ones. But, um, I, I, I do remember distinctly thinking that, especially in the third in the, especially in the third movie, like, I bet you this is a pretty good book, but this is not a good movie. Um, yeah, I'm kind of eager to reread the books now. I remember nice. the first one was one of the best books ever. The, I think the second two actually held up pretty well too. It's just nice. obviously like the movie's kind of a tonal shift in what you're sure. getting out of it, but they were all really good. Yeah. Yeah, so like like I said, my my biggest issue is pacing, and then it's also just like any of the movies like intrigue, and I don't know how much of this is like they've been, like maybe there's been some inspiration from some things, you know, maybe 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 David Fincher doesn't make Gone Girl as good as he does if he doesn't do Girl with the Dragon Tattoo first, you know, like um, maybe he doesn't quite get that um, that bleakness down as well, you know, um, or yeah. maybe like. Uh, maybe uh, Gillian Flynn took a lot of inspiration from Steve Larson um, when writing the books, but I, I don't entirely know because um, I don't know the career trajectories for them. I, it, it's just one of those where it's almost like, uh, like to me, it almost feels like, uh, um, like maybe this was just like original, and then a bunch of, and then you got a bunch of copycats, and then the copycats were never as good. Or I, it just is all good, but not great to me, and. Um, yeah, it's a shame because I think I think there's a really really great thing in here. It's just not this. And I, in my I did forget how fast things take a turn at the end too. Because yeah, I felt a little like whiplash where it was like I felt like we were just building up the mystery, and he's yes. in that guy's house, and the other guy comes along, and then it was like, oh oh wait no, we're just at the end. They're just gonna quick twist, yeah. flip it. And that's as it. soon as as soon as Elizabeth shows up, first of all, like I I kind of appreciate the way that the movie like. The, the way that the story kind of unfolds where it's like Michael gets there and he's like sort of collecting all the clues. And then when yeah. it's time for Elizabeth to show up, now it's time to start making conclusions. Like, I kind of like the, the, the way that that is framed, like where it's like, okay, like naturally you don't want to just like make conclusions as you go. I mean, you can try, but like, he's like, there's a lot of things I need to gather. And obviously with the cold case of this 40 years is a, and, you, and he's got, and he's shown he's got boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff to get through. Meanwhile, 
Lisbeth's going through her own thing. Yep. It gets to the point where like all of a sudden Lisbeth shows up and it's time to start moving. And then things just escalate because it's like, oh, cool. Now let's find this, 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 this. And very quickly we get to the ending and the ending kind of needs some time. So the movie, I think, maybe cuts some of that. It just feels very much like they don't come together until like two thirds through the movie. And it's like they very quickly need to get to that ending. Um, and yeah. it, it it does feel rushed. It does feel... Um, yeah, very like like it's just like all right, cool. Like uh, because we're only doing this, you know, in a two-hour thing. You know, what's more important, setting up these characters and the relationship? Because you can't cut anything that they're that Lisbeth is doing out, because then no. you don't have like you don't have what you need for the second and third installments. But yeah, but also like you got this murder case, and that's the whole plot for the first one. It's just like. It's a really interesting balance. Again, I think maybe doing like a six episode miniseries uh, might be the way to go. I'm honestly surprised they haven't done it because I know they even also did that uh, girl who did something with the spider's web, which was based yeah, off of, I think, one of the. That I, th- like, I think that yeah. was a book that was like one of the continuations. And I think yeah, that's that where they had way. some other author take it over. And, yeah. and I think I, I never saw it, it like, and uh, I didn't see much about it, but I think it made her almost like a Claire Ford. Sort of, uh, I think I think so. I think they turned her into almost a vigilante style, just going out and kicking ass for people that are being abused as women or something kind of movie. So, yeah, it's yeah, I not sure that I I'm definitely was not interested in that. And I'm certainly not now, but I just it, it, it almost seems like this is now at least Hollywood's second attempt. And I don't know, like why they never made uh maybe Fincher didn't want to make the, the other ones or maybe um Maybe like maybe box office underwhelmed a little. Yeah, and maybe maybe Craig was too busy doing Bond stuff or uh, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara certainly blew up after this. I don't know. I don't remember the box office returns versus the budget. I don't know. Maybe they thought if you know, I don't know how well it was critically received, and if they're like, well, if they didn't like this, they're for sure not going to like the follow ups. You know, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know like why they didn't make the Americanized versions for the sequels, but um, it is interesting that they haven't. In an age where everything is getting remade, now, you know, we just got another Mr. And Mrs. Smith show, which is apparently pretty okay. Um, I'm intrigued by that one. Yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah, they're desperate for any IP to just beat I mean, to they're, death. So. They're already, like, yeah. they're doing Harry Potter again, right? And they're like, yeah. they did more Hunger Games stuff. And, um, you know, we're getting, we're getting a lot more like Lord of the Rings stuff. It's just like, how have they not taken this, you know, beloved yeah. book and turned it into something that, you know, is and truly great? Google. Shows that it was a box office issue more than anything. It does say Fincher and his screenwriter had inked a deal to helm the sequels, but the movie had about a ninety million budget and barely crossed a hundred domestically. So yeah, I mean, like I, I think that's also one of those. I don't know that Fincher quite had the pull at the time that he did. You know, now yeah. I, just, I, I certainly think he has the pull to do whatever he wants. Um, especially oh, yeah, Fincher just bring jump back in now. No one would care. They would come see it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially like Netflix would pay him however much money to get hit to get whatever his next movie is, you know. Um, so, oh yeah. Um, but they won't pay for Mindhunter apparently. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so either way, I don't know that he quite had the pull that he does now. Um, but also, like, I don't know. Maybe it was too recent from the Swedish ones. I don't. Maybe, maybe because maybe because of its dark tone, like in the mark uh, the marketing. I remember just being like very sexualized. So yeah. Um, I'm thinking that's another thing I need to uh, see the remake for. To I'm curious because they definitely in the book for sure, and I want to say in the American remake had a little bit of that at the end where 
Bloomquist was kind of hung up and seeming dead to rights, where the killer was a little awkwardly sexual towards him while being about to kill him. Mm. And it didn't go fully into anything like what happened to Elizabeth, but there was some just slight sexual stuff kind of snuck in that they didn't do in the Swedish one. So I'm curious if the American okay. one had that or not. I can't remember. Yeah, I yeah, obviously that, don't know. You this tipping point to sell you on reading the book, there's a little bit of that. So <laughs> that's your thing. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's just to me like I think I think there's some really good stuff happening here, but I think ultimately um, the, the the pacing kills it for me, and the I think ultimately yeah. the the movie's ambition doesn't live up, or the movie's yeah ambition doesn't live up to what it delivered. And I'm I'm I think I'm done like talking negatively about this movie because I did still like it, um, and I know you loved it, and I I, I want to give you a chance to kind of shout out before we maybe move further to the sequels. Yeah. Yeah, I think part of it may also be my love of the book kind of pulls into the movie. And it's funny, you can go both ways. When you love a book and there's a movie that maybe doesn't quite hit on everything, sometimes it can make you get mad at what they changed or what they excluded. But I think other times you just enjoy the book so much that you enjoy watching the visual representation. And if the parts they did do are done really well, that kind of pulls you in. So I think that contributed for sure to me loving that movie. I mean, you're not alone as a 7.8 on IMDb, which is not nothing. Okay. You know? um, so, like, I, I I think most people at least like this one. Um, I think even more than that. I think I want to say the Fincher one had like a 7.1. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I know people really like this one. And, like, that's fair. I get it. You, I liked the movie, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think it maybe, – maybe it's one of those that, like – it was meant to be seen on TV, so you'd have a little bit of a break. I don't know. Like, I just, to, to me, I did mm, not. That could be. After I watched the first one, I thought um, for sure that I was going to enjoy this trilogy. And I was going to, um, I have the box set. Now, you know, a big part of me crossing these movies off my watch list is determining if I'm going to keep these movies or put them in my cell pile. And I got to the end of the first one. I was like, yeah, I probably wound up keeping these. I, I really liked that movie. And I got to the second one. I'm like, I think I liked that even a little bit more. I got to the third yeah. one and I'm like. I will I'm never tired. watch that again. I'm t- I'm exhausted, yeah, yeah. and I don't feel like I would watch the second one without watching the third one again. Yeah. I'm, again, I'm more likely to read the books, and I'm not even super. So I did wind up putting this in my cell pile because I was also like, I really, I, you know, I think there's some interesting things in the first one. I can watch the Fincher version, you know, like yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, did um. Is there anything that you wanted to highlight about the first movie that really kind of got you into loved it? That really like that we didn't touch on yet. That you're like, well, I think I really liked this, or, uh, or we haven't talked no, about think, this yet, or whatnot. Like, I think we touched on most of it. Yeah, the, I think the two lead actors have a good chemistry together. The cinematography is great. I think the mystery is a little lacking, but the action surrounding it that they do when it does ramp up in those inconsistent ways uh, is done well. The chase scenes and just the overall tension too. You do kind of get nervous for the main characters at points, yeah. even though you know coming in their sequel, so you know they'll be fine. But but they they handled the tension well. So yeah, mainly that stuff. Cool. Um, then uh, girl who played the fire, girl who kicked ordinances are kind of both like simultaneous or like very like very much connected. Um, but anyway, um, I think I think I liked this girl who played with fire like just barely more. Uh, I would say my favorite of the three, which is the inverse of IMDb ratings. Okay. I just, I think that this one, I, I'll, I'll say this too, because I had seen the Fincher one and because, um, like, because of that, I was, 
I was I was more interested in the sequels to see where does the story go from here. Like because right. I, you, I knew the I knew the name the girl who with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. But I know that like American audiences didn't get the sequels, and um, you know I didn't know the name. You know, it's I think it's even one of those. Uh, I think even as somebody who hasn't read the books, I could tell you the name of the Game of Thrones books. Um, yeah, but I couldn't tell you the names of the sequels. You know before buying the box set or and you have seeing it after a while anyway um (laughs) i i think this movie just does a really good job of kind of taking the next step um like taking the next like it kind of undoes everything that the first movie does like it's one of those where it's like the first case doesn't really have any bearings but it's like you get the feeling that michael was a well-respected reporter before the events of the first movie where he's like set up so now he has like this extra status like we're introduced to Lisbeth, who like we know a little bit about her like sexual past or trauma, it kind of goes into that a little bit more. We get the reveal of her father, you know, like still being alive and being the one behind. Like, yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't quite take the risks that I want it to, and it does still have some pacing problems, especially being the longest of the three. Um, oh yeah, but ultimately, like this very this very much felt like born supremacy to me, where it's like cool, we got everything established now. Now let's kind of really build up for the finale. You know, this really, this very much was a second movie is a part one of a part two finale. You know, kind of like, I feel like um, a lot of movies do this, or at least a lot of times, like they'll get a second, a movie will get a second one and it like, will get that like, let's get going for the grand finale. And sometimes the grand finale, like, uh, like most I, of the, time, it, the second one ends up being the best. Yeah. Cause you're getting your empire strikes back and, yeah empire strikes back is a good example of that um but i was even thinking of recent examples of like hollywood will make a sequel and it'll be like you know let's set up for the grand finale and the third one never gets made like pacific rim did that (laughs) we're gonna go to their world now and we're never giving that movie independence day resurgence did the same thing literally the same thing we're gonna go to their world now (laughs) Um, I think the predator tried to do that uh, with the Shane black one. And Oof. it's, it's it, to me, it's just like, it, even then though, like I feel like a lot of times you get these, like we're taking this as an opportunity to build to the grand finale and the yeah. ending of the second one happens. And you're like, let's go. Like, I think it was just a good stepping stone. It didn't quite make like a, I, 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 I didn't quite love it, but I certainly was like, I'm intrigued. It satisfied me. I'm ready for this finale. Uh, maybe not today, but I am. I'm <laughs> certainly ready to see how the rest of this thing pans out. And uh, yeah, I just thought it, it just teed the ball up well for the finale, and that's all it really needed to do. And for fe- for for being the longest of the three, I, th- I actually think it felt the shortest of the three. Um, yeah, it was definitely the most intense and had the most excitement going on for it compared to the other two. I think. So that definitely I, helps keep the pace going. I do wonder if there's a better way to structure this, though. Um, again, let's say they're going to make it a miniseries. Maybe just mm-hmm. make the whole thing a miniseries. Do like a 10-episode, one-hour each miniseries. Could yeah. they find a way to more smoothly integrate even like the detective story to where it's not just done a third of the way through the story? Like, Could they have the reason why Michael and Elizabeth working together is because Elizabeth has information about or Elizabeth can help with the case, but Michael can help with the, um, the father stuff, the, what do they call the, oh, yeah. the like secret organization? Like maybe there's a way that we, they can restructure and re-edit some of the like narrative to kind of make it all feel a little bit more cohesive as opposed to 
the girl with the dragon tattoo and then what happens after like um, yeah it feels like different universes almost with where it goes in the second one yeah but but again like i also feel like that that second one was just kind of setting up all right cool now let's really send it home with the third one and then by 30 minutes in it's like oh cool like all the stakes are gone you know because zelchenko or sorry whatever his name is is dead yeah it's yeah that really takes a lot of the steam out in that one yeah now it's like oh no the big bad secret organization like i you know that they're trying to bust i bet you i can tell you how the rest of this movie is gonna happen yeah our 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 big bad is dead like all they have to do now is finalize it and anyways uh we'll get we'll get to the third one i I think the second one is just a little bit better paced i think it's really interesting seeing um lisbeth is so like in her element in the first movie i mean and and even like traumatized and then to see her like have to try to act normal to not stand out because she's wanted um i think it worked really well and um also seeing michael in his fro groove with the people at the millennium um just really all working together it it wasn't a great movie by any means, but um, I, it did intrigue me a lot. And I did think it really set up for a finale. Well, it's got a lot of good pieces. Yeah. I do like seeing that journalism side of things and you're still getting the detective work, but from that side of it, it's a really good bridge movie. And like yeah. for being a bridge movie, like it certainly like is entertaining. A lot of time these bridge movies are just like, Oh, let's just do filler. Like take the new Halloween trilogy, for example, like Halloween kills is just a bridge movie to get from Halloween to Halloween ends. And, yeah. So it's just Michael running around killing people and it's fine for what it is, but it's not a good movie. But this one was, I would say, um, better than most bridge movies. But yeah, it's certainly it's not Empire. It's not. Um, no, no. Anything like that. It's, no. uh, it's just it's just it's it's good. It's solid. It's, you know, relatively. Again, I think it's very similar to like the Bourne Supremacy in terms of like. Yeah. Taking the world and now really just setting setting up for that finale, you know. Um, so I think referencing the Halloween movies is interesting too, because the brother goon, whatever you want to call him character reminds me a lot of a Michael Myers and has that sort of unstoppable brute force. Can't everything you do to him, he's unaffected by it, which scientifically I haven't researched, but I feel like even if your nerves don't allow you to feel the pain, some of the stuff that happened would have impacted him in some way physiologically, but yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. But he just, like, there were good horror, like it almost had horror elements to the movie where even at one point, I think someone leans up against a wall and I half expected him to just like pop his arms through and pull her out or it's just sort of that yeah. feel. That, yeah. Yeah. Very Michael Myers-esque. You're right. Like he's never moving quickly or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just takes his time. Even when he's going up against that professional boxer, he's sort of like half in a boxing stance, but he's just sort of kind of throwing the punches and just sort of moving very calmly. Very cool, yeah. collected. So he was intimidating for a bad guy. I mean, mentally, he's not all there, but that almost makes him scarier. So, <laughs> um, I did watch this movie. We're recording on Monday, the day after the Super Bowl, and I watched this movie Friday morning. And I think I've forgotten everything about this movie. Like that's that's like <laughs> another problem, which why I decided to put it myself. I was like, it it is just like I remember really liking it. Part, but partly because uh, of just having a busy weekend, being a little bit sick. Yeah, the pacing, and then also like this third movie now, and it just—I um, do, I did kind of forget a lot of what's um, what's going on with the, the a lot of the things. I don't have a reason to say like why I like this one a little bit more. I, again, I think maybe just it felt a little bit brisker, and I think it just—it was a great bridge movie. It's not a great movie, but it it worked. 
Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm struggling for different reasons. I watched the first one yesterday and then today I watched two and three. That'd be a great way to do back. it. Yeah. So, so yeah, they go together well, but now in my head, they're almost just blended into one movie. Yeah. Although tonally they're very different. Cause this one, like we said, is very quick paced, a lot of action going on physically, a lot of action and just mm-hmm. story. There's a lot happening. And then the breaks kind of get hit in the third one to make it just this old guy scheming to cover up crimes and yeah, let's get there. Let's get yeah. there. Yeah. It's just, you set up for this finale of it's okay. Now Michael and Elizabeth and the rest of millennium are here to take down this secret organization, the collective or whatever, you know, the sector. I don't remember what their name is. Whatever. I think they call them the care. sector. Yeah. The shadow organization. That's essentially the KGB, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and then you get like, Okay, cool. Then then the main bad is killed like 30 minutes in. Yeah, again, I remember like looking up at the clock a lot, like just thinking uh, it probably doesn't help. I was, I was because I'm a little sick. I was a little tired, but I was like, I got to start the movie if I want to watch it by the time we do the podcast. Right. But I was just I legitimately was like struggling to stay awake in, in like because the movie was to me like really boring. And then I, I again, I was like. I'm, I'm an hour and 33 into this movie that I thought I was two hours into. And even then I thought I was being pretty <laughs> generous. I, if, if I would have known, if the movies run time, if I would have known the movies are on time, I would have been like, yeah, I'm probably like two and a half hours. And it's terribly paced. Um, I will say it did get better in that last uh, like 30 minutes or so. The like uh, when it actually starts to get to the court cases, court cases, just do it for yeah. me. Um, and that was easily the best part. Um, well, especially once they start getting to the gotcha moments, cause there's so much of yes. it where they're just sort of like taking it in the court and not giving up the evidence they have. And it's like, they were just waiting to have that one big moment at the end where it was like, you could have brought some of this up sooner, but well, and I do wonder straight. how much of it was like, um, how much of it was, um, like revolutionary for the time or whatever, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like everything that we saw in the court case for this one, I also saw it done just done better in other places, you know, like I love a few good men and I love uh Charlie Chicago seven. And, um, yeah, I have a certain fondness for like court TV shows. Like there was this one that nobody's talked about in 10 years called Franklin and bash is how Kimail Nanjiani got to start. And it's oh yeah, pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, like I love court case stuff. I love, you know, it's, um, but, but it was one of those things like where it was missing, like anatomy of a fall is one of the best movies of last year. And it's one of those where like you're constantly on your seat because you're constantly learning new things and new motivations. And then like, there will be this new piece of evidence that's increased, but like, we already know like how everything is played out. Like they're not, there's no mystery suspense when it gets to the court case. And then, you know, and then we just get the guy being, you know, putting out questions that are intending to, um, to get Lisbeth to essentially condemn herself. And it's, it's just like, I've seen that done better. Like, and I've seen it it done, um, differently. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it just very much is, um, is just kind of one of those, like, I know how, I know where we're getting versus like anatomy of a fall. You're like, anything can happen at any minute, you know, but this is also, it's not a court movie, but it wants to be, but it's, I wonder again, taking, taking everything and framing it around, like maybe the court trials, like using that as a framing device for what happens in all three movies. Like you could, you could do that, like to make it all feel more cohesive, including the investigation in the first movie um be able to jump around in time too something like that yeah yeah i just it 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 just it was by far like picked up the pace and was was better um you know when it got there 
they got they got to get some of the gotcha moments, but like it didn't make the first hour and a half worth watching for me, you know? Yeah, you could have got to that stuff quicker. You didn't need quite as much. I also all I needed, sure how all I I needed to the, know uh, was that Zelchenko died in the first hour and a half of the movie, and that's it. And like yeah. Elizabeth recovers, you know, and there was an attempt on her life. That's it. A lot of scenes that we didn't really need with her and her doctor were. I don't know if the intention was to set up the are they going to fool around or not thing because it felt like they were trying to tease that and never did it. I was but. I was waiting for the reveal because he's such a good guy. I was waiting for the reveal that somehow he wasn't going to be and right um, maybe or, like just tying together that whole men abusing her thing and maybe yeah. he came in with what he thought were good intentions but by the end he felt yeah. like he deserved a relationship with her or some sort of interaction that she wasn't really interested in yeah yeah absolutely. that could have been an interesting thematic sort of callback yeah yeah i, I don't but 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 then you have the problem where it's like oh great every man in the movie is terrible you know uh, i guess <laughs> except for Michael, which is not a great guy, but he's not a bad guy. He's just kind of an average guy. Anyway, yeah, um, he's a little egotistical, but he's not out raping, I guess. So that's good. <laughs> that we know. Anyway, uh, that we know. That's true. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I the third movie to me was you could have told me it was five hours long and I'd have believed you. Yeah, that's fair. I also um, just torn how to feel with these shadow government guys of like, they seem like they're just grasping at straws and throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks to try to keep covering stuff up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a, they have this false confidence from decades of getting away with it, or if it's just that they're getting old and tired and lazy and half of them are literally dying anyway. So they're just like, I don't know, try and kill that guy, try and intimidate that guy. Just try this, try that. Yeah. It, they're there's very not, sloppy. The movie also, like, it doesn't have any stakes going for it, partly because... Like, like I mentioned, we know how it's going to end up. There's no mystery in how it ends up. Like, yeah, we know exactly how it is just because it is right. There's no, there's no mystery. We know what happened. All we need to know is how they're going to get from point A to point B. And so, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to shortcut anything, shortcut that, you know? Um, but, but there's also just no mystery, no suspense because yeah, you're right. Like that, that organization shows no urgency. They show no suspense. The guy that's, you know, the assassination on Elizabeth's life, he jiggles the hand a little bit. He's like, all right, cool. And then he sits down and ends his right. life. And it's like, right. Like he had a gun. He could have shot like, the handle. And, and, maybe but they could have shown like, he checked his bullets and he was down to one bullet. But yeah, he seemingly yeah, had maybe. a good clip. He yeah, could have done like, a little more, but he just was like, eh, I'm tired. Yeah. And, it, to some degree, like, all right, whatever. But like, yeah, you just, there's, there was no urgency. There was no, I didn't feel like this secret agency was any sort of a threat, whether they kept on doing their thing or not. You know, it, it to me, it was more yeah. of a threat that the one guy was a pervert, a child pervert, uh, yeah. a pedophile than anything, you know, like it just, I didn't feel the stakes in this one. I felt the stakes in the second one. I didn't feel the stakes in this one at all. And I'm really hard to get invested and stay invested in. I say maybe they could have set it up to where these guys were the ones doing a lot of it, but there was like a younger generation that was sort of also involved and was a threat to keep it going. Cause that yeah. was the other thing too. It was like, they were all dying off one way or another anyway. So this was all coming to an end regardless right. of if they got caught. Right. Yeah. There wasn't so, that feel of like, even if they die, other people will take up the mantle and keep all that bad stuff going on. Right. Which that could have helped. Could have. Um, the other, uh, the other clock watching thing, I know a lot of it was the pacing, making us watch the clock of like, okay, how was it only this far in? But the other thing, the opposite way was that I was getting near the end and I kept going like, okay, where's the brother? What's, 
how have they not resolved him? Like it's the last movie. There's this giant yep. Terminator monster man out there, Michael Myersing mm-hmm. up the world, and they just hadn't shown any resolution to that. And I kept looking, like, okay, 25 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go. Where's this guy? He's a footnote. And then he's a footnote at the end. And also, why would she be dumb enough to go to that building on her own without preparation to begin with? When you know it's connected to the dad, and that guy could be there. I mean, whatever. I was so yeah. uninvested by that point. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's he's still around. Okay, cool. Yeah. I did at um, least like that once she got caught in that stupid situation that she shouldn't have been in, they did a good job of, like, you saw her be like, okay, I got this pool between us. I need to use this. You saw yeah. her eyes darting left and right, kind of figuring out, okay, I can try to use that to my advantage. Like, it showed her being tactical as a way to kind of counteract his brute strength. And that at least was interesting, but, yeah. Other than that, the setup to getting those two back in a room together just felt very odd. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that I'm out of stuff. I'm out of things to say. Um, other than I would ultimately say, um, if you've seen the Fincher, um, one, look, you could watch that again. I don't know. Again, we, I'd be really excited to rewatch that one. I'd recommend the first one. I just, it's to me, it'd be really hard to recommend the second two. Because it just feels like why, you know? Um, I think like the it, hard part for, is that the third one feels like it's required because of how the second and third connect and feel like one long move. Because yeah, I think the second I, one on its own, I would recommend for sure. Yeah, and especially if you but, just kind of know yeah. that like it all works out in the end. Like at the end of the second one, like I don't know that you'll be like, oh, I'm dying to know these questions, these answers. Just know that it all works out in the end. Because there's not even yeah. like mention of the secret organization in the second one, right? It's just Zelchenko, you know? Um, Pretty much, yeah. Or whatever his name is. I'm sure it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, like there's hints, but like there's not mentions of any sort of secret organization. You're just like, oh, Elizabeth's father was an agent. I just assumed like for the government or for the KGB or something like that. You know, it's just like, you know. Uh, Yeah, I don't feel like they did a good enough job explaining why they were so willing to bend over backwards with this guy, like what they gained from it initially, having him defect and like what intel they got out of him or. Because it just felt like they just bent over backwards to protect a giant a-hole that was just wreaking havoc for no reason. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, I'd say, like, these movies are kind of hard to find. Um, so they're not really too worth it. Uh, they're not super worth your time. But, like, it sounds like maybe the books are worth your time. And, um, again, like, I think there's enough things going on and especially with uh some of the like trauma and overcoming but i'm sure that's there in the like fincher one it's just like yeah i'd be interested it i'd be interested if this were announced as like a remake i probably wouldn't rush to see it but i'd at least check it out um but i ultimately like i'm not interested in checking these out again and again maybe the first movie but um I i'm got certainly the, in no rush like, i enjoyed them more but also Dave do feel like more of a one-off. It's not like a every other weekend I want to pop one of these on kind of thing. It's just sort of a, and especially I I think it again did get bumped up for me from liking the book so much. And I think also from getting that tease from the Fincher one and never getting the two sequels, it was just kind of fun to finally see them represented visually. Sure. Yeah. But even then, yeah, I'd recommend the books above the movies for sure. Yeah, I would absolutely like be more interested in reading the books than seeing the or, or listening to the audiobooks and seeing the movie again. So, oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really hard for me to say like recommend, but I'm also saying like, look, they're, I, I wouldn't say 
that the first two are bad movies. I would, I, I don't even know that I'd call the third one a bad movie. It's just not like uh, I might call the third one a bad movie. Um, but I, it's a I wouldn't call it a tonal shift for sure because you go from murder mystery in the first one to lots of action in the second one to just crime court drama in the I third mean, one. But yeah, it's also like it's it's a two hour and nine minute that could have been resolved in a. Look, I'm just saying you could have done everything in the third movie in this one that you did in the like coda to Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, you know, like, um, like you could have gotten all the information in that like 15 minute coda from across the Spider-Verse. So like, um, that you needed to do to kind of wrap up that series. And, uh, it's, yeah. So it's, um, I don't see myself, um, checking out these movies ever again. I, but it's also like, I'm not. If you're really interested, check them out. If you're if you're like, hey, I'm really interested because you know foreign cinema and whatnot, or like I didn't see the Fincher one, or mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not not recommending it, but I'm just saying I'm ultimately I'd just say you're better off just either reading the books or watching Anatomy of a Fall, you know, which is completely yeah. different, but is which I do need better. to issue one warning for anyone considering reading the books. I remember someone warned me before I read them and it helped that it was like, they say like the first 80 to a hundred pages or so it's going to drag and bore the crap out of you to where you may put it down and give it up and struggle to get back to it. Cause there's a lot of like backstory dumped right at the start of the book of just names and the Werner group or whatever. And here's this family member and that family member and that family member. Mm. So you need to power through the very beginning. And then after that, it takes off and is phenomenal throughout. But cool. yeah, the first like 80, 100 pages, something like that, there are some big lulls you got to power through. And should have probably set it up top, but books, movies, whatever, massive sexual assault warning, uh, trigger warning. So, oh, huge. Yeah. Um, about as big as you can get. So um, yeah. Um, specifically for the first one, but like it is certain that those instances are certainly referenced in the second and the third one. They're just yes, I feel like shown very shown graphically. Ones. Yeah, it's in the first one. Even with no history of any of that, it's tough to watch. It's it's bad. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no B plot this week. Um, which especially knowing that this we're already at two hours, that we're uh, I'm pretty happy about that call. I would I will say though what I thought about doing for the B plot is just saying we already got Fincher's. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Let's fantasy cast uh, Fincher's uh, girl who played with Fire and Kicked Hornets. Nest. But also at this point, I couldn't tell you three people to cast. You know, um, <laughs> but I would. But I would That's just it. say if you if you're interested, if you've seen these movies or read these books, um, I would like to see your replies of saying like, you know, here's who I would cast as the big brute Terminator guy, and here's who I would cast as Elchenko, and who's that? Who here's who I'd cast as the doctor pedophile, and here's who I'd cast as the judge and whatever other characters you can think of uh, from the second and third movie that should be in it, you know? So um, I'll just, yeah, not doing a big fan cast, but just, I always am torn or tempted to go like thinking of a show or movie and putting all those characters into a thing. So just for the two mm-hmm. main characters, I had the thought of like, what about game of Thrones and thought Nikolai Coster Waldo and Maisie Williams as the two main characters, but, my initial fun. reaction was like, oh, in the first movie, though, I don't want them having to have sex with each other because those actors, yeah. that would be so weird. Yeah. But it was like, oh, if we're just casting the second and third one, though, they never even see each other. So who cares? Yeah. And I was also you know, kind of going off the lines of like, you have to use any returning cast members from Fincher's Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. So ah, okay. that's what I was thinking, right? You have to make a sequel to that one. So keep okay, Daniel so Craig and those. Yeah. Okay. But, I like that. Yeah. 
Anyway, so if you if you listening at home um, come up with uh, have are familiar with the sequels and want to send a cast, then uh, you can send that uh, on Twitter, Blue Sky Threads, whatever you'd like. Uh, time for the spinoff, Jason. See those, yeah. um, one thing in any year of pop culture you want to check your, tell everybody to check out or to stay away from. I had thought about doing True Detective just because I actually you mentioned the first season being the best one, yeah, or one of the best on TV. I've never seen any True Detective until. This new season came out and my wife and I started watching it. So I'm very excited to go back to that now. So they're anthology seasons. Um, okay, and, so they're not and, actually connected. No, um, there is, well, my understanding is that there is a character in here in, in this new season that is the mother of Matthew McConaughey's character from the first season. Uh, okay. My understanding is that. Um, so there's a, maybe a little bit of a connection, but... Season one takes is like a combination, like present day and seventies kind of like case that got away. Okay. Now we can wrap it up. Um, yeah. Uh, season two is a modern like gangs gang movie, like very like Vice. Mm-hmm. Um, and season three is uh is another one of those like mostly back in time. Season three is pretty short, uh, but yeah, they're very much like disconnected. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there's like little strings, but it's, I think it's very much like Fargo or something, but it's an anthology. So okay. anyway, um, but I think that there's a small connection between one and four. I haven't, I haven't okay. seen the new season yet, but I, I'm, I think two is I'm super underrated. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm on to the finale, so I can't quite recommend it yet, but so far I've enjoyed it a lot, but I did hear that the Good. director from season one was not happy that they had some weird forced tie-ins in season four to reference season one. He mm. thought it was dumb, so that's something. But uh, yeah, no. Well, and the director, so season like, four, but. the showrunner for uh, or director that did a lot of season one episodes did No Time to Die. So if you like that movie, oh, okay. But yeah, I haven't quite movie. finished it yet, so I can't make that my recommend. So I'm gonna go just random dumb fun instead. And recently on a trip, I stumbled across this. I think it was from 2017. I didn't even know it came out, even though I'm a fan of theirs. Uh, I watched it on the plane. It was the uh, Flight of the Concords live in London. Yeah, yeah. I did not know they had done that. It, I thought it was some new thing. Watched the whole thing and then saw the year after the fact. <laughs> but yeah, even if you don't want to watch the whole thing, the first two songs are phenomenal on it. So you can just pop it on, watch the first 10 minutes, see if you like it or not. But really a lot of fun. Very dry New Zealand humor. But the show is great. The music's great. Always a big fan of those guys. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to recommend some video games, uh, two video games that are pretty like light and breezy, but also like a little bit of fun and you don't have to have too much skill to play these. I don't know what exactly they're available on and other on at least Xbox, but I'm pretty sure they're also on like PlayStation and Steam and I don't think they've lost the licensing, but um, there's two games that I played recently that are actually a good bit of fun. They're two Sherlock Holmes games. Uh, one is called Crimes and, Crimes and Punishments and the sequel is The Devil's Daughter. You don't need any like Sherlock knowledge, uh, like prior knowledge to, to play either of these games. Um, like my entire knowledge is seeing the BBC show. Um, yeah. But even then it's unnecessary. It's just like, essentially you're just playing Sherlock, who frankly could be any detective in a lot of regards, um, solving a couple of cases. It's like six cases a piece and it's intriguing and it's very much like point and click, kind of like Telltale, but um, a little bit more involved than that. And um, they're pretty good. Um, they're worth hmm. your 10 hour investment, probably $10 investment. So recommend both of those. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, Enjoy that's a wrap. point and click adventure. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if they have it on VR, but if they didn't, yeah, check it out. Um, I was going to say, it's there, I'll find it. Yeah. 
that's a wrap. Remember, you can follow Jason on YouTube, as he mentioned. I'll uh, have his letterbox handle in the show description. You can follow me on social media places at Schweitcastle. Uh, remember, Sip Pop Rides is part of Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. If you're interested in writing for SipPop.com, send us an email at writersroom.sipPop.com. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Rowan and May joining me next week to talk Love and Monsters and Black Christmas. And in two weeks, Robert and Caleb to talk about Roman Holiday. Uh, thank you, Jason. Uh, listeners, we'll see you next week. Bye.